Hello, everybody, and welcome to UFILES podcast, Your Taxes, Your Way. My name is Ida Celli, and I'm here with my colleague, Jerry Villaradas. Hi, Jerry. How are you? How's it going, Ida? How's everything? Good. You? Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, uh, you know, we're still cooped up. Uh, I mean, it's after tax season. We're still cooped up in the, in the pandemic, uh, but it looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I think today we're going to talk about a topic that's a little bit related to that, right? It's a, it's a, it's a little bit, it's unfortunately not necessarily a happy topic, but uh, it's a little bit related to that. And yep. uh, you know, and uh, so what are we going to talk about today? What's going to be the topic? Uh, the topics today are the, uh, are there tax efficient ways to raise cash in these trying times? However, I have a feeling these five points you will uh, name, uh, you will go over is not only for these trying times, they're good at all times, right? Yeah, and that's precisely why you might be wondering. Well, wait a minute, it's not tax season. Why are you guys? Why are you guys doing a podcast here? I mean, it's not tax season right now. So why is it? It's because you know what we're or the topic that we're talking about today is not related to tax season. It's basically how can I raise cash in a tax efficient way? If I'm desperate right now, and uh, and you know this pandemic unfortunately has really you know it's not just a, a health pandemic. It's also an economic uh, pandemic mm-hmm. as well, right? I mean, a lot of a lot of stores have, have shut down. A lot of people are still not working. Uh, so how can I raise cash, uh, but not run afoul uh, of taxes, right? How could I do it in a tax efficient way? So that's what we're going to look at in this topic. And the first point will be pulling money out, uh, out of your TFSA. Yeah, and that's the simplest one, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the most common one. And that's the purpose of the TFSA, okay? That's why it's called a tax-free savings account, right? Is that any investment you put in your TFSA is tax-free when you withdraw it, okay? That's the whole point of it. Uh, and that's why it was designed originally for, uh, when, it, when, it first, when it first came about. So regardless of what type of investment you have in there, whether it's a, just a bank account, uh, whether it is, um, uh, what's called, whether, whether it's locked-in funds, uh, whether it's uh, bonds, whether it's stocks that you have in there, well, once you sell those investments or liquidate those investments and pull the cash out of the account, well, that cash is tax-free. Nowhere to declare it on the tax return. It is completely tax-free. Okay. You can pocket it and do what you want with that money. And that's why it's the simplest way of raising cash. And it's, and it's of course, one of the most tax-efficient way of doing it because you literally pay zero tax when you're pulling out that money. And how does it affect your limit? So it it does affect your limit. It affects in the sense that uh, the good news about TFSA is whatever amount you pull out, okay, that amount gets added back to your limit in the following year. Now, I stress here that it's the following year that your limit gets affected, right? Because for those of you who are already at the limit this year and you decide to pull cash out, well, make sure not to put ca- cash back in until next year, okay? Because you don't, because your limit only comes back as of the following year, not in the current year. Okay. So if you were to do that, you were at the limit, you pulled out and then you put back in. Now you have over contributed on your TFSA and you will be slapped with a penalty, which is usually 1% per month for the excess amount that you put in to your TFSA. Okay. So uh, the key here is that to wait till next year, if you're at the limit, but if you've got a large limit, if you haven't used up your maximum limit of TFSA, then you're fine. I mean, then you don't have an issue at that point, but if you're right at that limit, wait till next year to put the money back. But the good news is you gain back that room. So whatever you pulled out, you're able to put it back in the following year. You gain the room back. So it's a win-win situation in this case. Absolutely. And that's why it's the first one on our list, right? That is the simplest, uh, the most tax efficient, and you get a bonus of getting your room back. That's why it's number one. Okay. Our second point is selling personal use assets. 
Yes. So now we're, you know, what's the old expression? You're selling everything that's not st- that that's not bolted down, right? So at that point, I, unfortunately, it is what it is, right? Uh, you Correct. might be at that situation where you need that cash. So at that point, what we mean by personal use items uh, or personal use assets, what we mean is these are, you know, assets that you use every day. So for example, it could be your television, it could be your your uh, your smartphone, it could be furniture, it could be your car. Okay. So if you sell those assets to raise cash, well, it is likely you won't have any tax consequences when you sell it. You'll be able to pocket that cash tax-free. And that's and that's for a specific reason. It's because these assets have usually lost value once you've used them. Okay. So these are personal use assets. So a car is very likely to have lost value from the time you purchased it, from the time you're going to sell it later on because it's a used item. Your furniture will certainly have lost value. Your smartphones would have lost value. Your television would have lost value as well. So because you're selling these assets at a loss, well, whatever cash you raise from selling them will not trigger any tax consequence because you've sold them at a loss. Now, if you just so happen to sell them at a profit for whatever reason, then yes, that profit, unfortunately would be taxable. Okay. You would have, and we're going to talk about selling assets at a profit later on. Uh, but it, for the assets that I just mentioned as examples right now, it is highly unlikely that you will make a profit selling these assets. Okay. So because of that, you will be at a loss and whatever cash you raise from there is completely tax-free. Now there is a catch though. Now, like I mentioned, you are selling these assets at a loss. Okay, it's very likely you're selling them at a loss. Unfortunately, that loss is not tax deductible. Unfortunately, because to the government, they consider it as a depreciable asset. So it is a personal loss to you. Okay, so unfortunately, you cannot trigger a capital loss by selling those personal use assets. All right. Um, what about selling shares for non from non-registered accounts? So that's probably from all the things that we're going to talk about today, that's probably the least efficient way, uh, the least tax efficient way of raising Mm -hmm. cash, but it's still tax efficient to a certain degree. Okay. Now what we mean by non-registered accounts, we mean you don't have these shares in an RSP or what we mentioned before a TFSA. So with a TFSA, like I mentioned before, you can sell these shares in your TFSA, pull out the money and it is completely tax-free. So you pay nothing on the gain and you pay nothing when you withdraw. Okay. That's the beauty of the tax-free savings account. But if you have shares in a non-registered account, meaning it's just a, a run-of-the-mill brokerage account, okay, that, that, that you have not registered under an RSP or any other or a TFSA or any other tax sheltered vehicle, then what happens is any profits you make, any profits you make will be taxable. Okay. However, the key here is that only half of those profits will be taxable on your tax return. Okay. Let's take an example. I've got shares in a company I bought at $3,000. So I'm desperate right now. I need the cash. I, and and the the stock has gone up nicely and I sell them for 5,000 in the stock market. Okay. So I've got a $2,000 profit. Out of that $2,000, I pocket 50% of that cash. So $1,000 of that profit is tax-free to me. So I'm able to pocket that $1,000 and not pay any income tax on that $1,000. On the, on the second portion, on the other half, this is the other half that will become taxable income on my tax return. So out of the $2,000 profit, I will declare $1,000 as additional income on my tax return. 
So it's still pretty tax efficient compared to other means of raising cash. For example, if you start a side gig or for example, if you find another job, that, that income will be taxed basically at the same typical rates. Meanwhile, a capital gain, I'm only being taxed on half of the gains that I made. So it is, it is quite a bit tax efficient, but obviously not as tax efficient as the other ones that we mentioned before. It's better than nothing. That's what I keep saying. Yeah. Okay. The next one is a big one. Selling yeah. your personal home. Yeah. And now we're really reached to the point mm -hmm. of, of desperation, right? If you're at the point now where you need to sell your home to raise cash, you know, we're really at the last resort, right? In this case. Uh, and it's all, and, and, and while the other uh, means of raising cash is a lot quicker, although quite frankly, right now with the way the, the housing market is, how hot it is right now all over Canada. I mean, I, you know, it's not unheard of to have people selling their homes within the day that they list them and for more money than what they listed it. That's how the market mm -hmm. has gone right now, but it still takes time by the time legal paperwork gets through, it still takes time before you get your cash, but selling your personal home, believe it or not, is actually one of the most tax efficient ways of raising cash. Okay. And the reason for that is that as long as you designate your home as your principal residence on your tax return, your gain on the sale of your personal home is tax exempt. It's tax free. So you pocket the entire profit. You pocket all the cash tax free. Okay. When you sell your home now, it's not automatic. Okay. You do have to designate your property as what the government calls a principal residence for all the years that you lived in it in order to trigger that 100% exemption of uh, your taxable gain, okay, of, of, the, of the gain, excuse me, mm -hmm. of the gain. So you do this through a specific form, which is the T2091 that you have to submit with your tax return, okay, so you, have to, so you have to produce that form and designate your home as your principal residence for all the years that you lived in it. The moment you've done that with your tax return, now your gain on your home is completely tax-free, okay, you get to pocket all uh, the, the entire game. Okay, uh, that's good to know. Uh, the next one is applicable for mostly students, I guess. It's yeah. applying for scholarships. Yes, and that's that's least understood, I would say, and that's the most mm -hmm. unknown uh, a way of getting tax efficient cash is that if you're a student, okay, and of course, stu which student is not looking to raise cash somehow, right? I mean, let's not get ourselves. Obviously. It's costly to go to university, you know? So, so one tax efficient way for those students to get money and to get it essentially tax free is through scholarship income. I can use myself as an example. I've gotten my master's of taxation and, and when I was writing my thesis to complete my master's of taxation, uh, I decided to work for the university. I decided to do my thesis by doing some work for the university. The, re the university reimbursed me and paid me for my services through a scholarship. Now you might say to yourself, well, why not do it through employment income? I worked, I worked in essence for the university. Why not do it through employment income? It's because the scholarship is actually more tax efficient. If you are a full-time student in the prior year, this year, and the following year, so meaning if we're talking about 2020 tax year, meaning 2021, 2020, or 2019, if you were a full-time student in any one of those years, okay, it doesn't have to be all three, just any one of them, your scholarship income is completely tax exempt, okay, yeah. on your tax return, completely tax exempt. You don't even declare it on your tax return. That's how exempt it is. So it doesn't even reduce other benefits that you might be entitled to, like the GST credit. It won't even reduce that because it's not even taxable income on your return. 
Okay. So that, you know, you can't get more tax efficient than that. You can't, that, that, it can't, it's not, it's nowhere near comparable to employment income. If I were to, for example, get paid as an employee by the school, well, then I would have to declare that income as taxable income. And I get very few tax breaks on my employment income. I will get very few, but scholarship is completely tax exempt. As long as I was a full-time student in one of those three years that I mentioned before. Okay. So prior year, current year, or the following year. As long as I've got, as long as I'm a full-time student in any one of those years, completely tax exempt. I pocket the cash directly. What more can you ask for? I mean, exactly. you can't get any better than that. So for those who are listening to us right now or watching us on YouTube, I strongly urge you check with your universities. There are plenty of scholarships that are offered, whether it is to do work for the university or the department that you're in, or whether uh, for the, 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 the diploma that you're going for, you might meet certain criteria to get a scholarship in this case, and you get tax-free cash. Go for it. Go check it out. Wow. That's a lot of good tips. Now, this sort of concludes our five points. Uh, any words of wisdom you want to give our uh, listeners? So uh, the only thing I'm going to add is essentially everything that we just mentioned right now is found on our blog. Okay, so you go to ufile.ca uh, and you go to the tab, uh, to, to tab uh, uh, tips and uh, it, it's a tips tab, I believe, on the top there. Uh, just simply go there. So tips and tools, excuse me. So tips and tools. Uh, and then you're going to find an option called the ufile blog. Okay, so when you go there, what we just mentioned, all the content of this podcast we mentioned right now is in the blog and you have links directly to uh, uh, sources on government website that will explain to you all these concepts. So we so we don't we didn't just write about this article. We write a, a lot uh, of articles throughout the taxes and a lot of interesting tax topics that can help you save money. Okay, so don't hesitate to go ahead and go and consult our um, and to go and consult our UFAL blog, which is found again on the ufile.ca website. Go to the tips and tools tab and then uh, uh, hover your mouse and go to the UFAL blog. Excellent. Um, so I guess this concludes our, our blog for our podcast for today. And I believe it's the last one of the tax season, uh, unless you're you have another topic you'd like to discuss. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what, let's leave it up to people who are watching us or listening to us or whether you're listening to us through a podcast, uh, whether SoundCloud or Apple Music or Google Podcast, whichever one or Stitcher, you know, there's comments there. Don't hesitate. Just write a comment if you if you would like for us to to, to talk about a specific topic uh, in our podcast. For those of us who are for those of you who are watching through YouTube, who are watching us through YouTube, there's comments right there. Go ahead and write a comment. Tell us, hey, I would love for you guys to discuss this topic, and you know, we'll we'll check it out and we'll see if we can create a podcast for you uh, uh, to discuss uh, that particular topic. So don't hesitate to give us feedback. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. This was a very uh, interesting tax season. So uh, thanks a lot to everybody who's listening to us and have a great summer. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you.